insecure goals versus, wait for it, contentment goals. Now that phrase probably means absolutely nothing to anyone listening. Uh, It only means something to me because I'm just at the inception of writing my next book, uh, which is titled An Education in Goal Setting. And actually, I wasn't intending on writing that book, but because of the circumstances of my life, it's abundantly clear that that is exactly what I should be doing at this point of my life uh, and also my career. Now, I'm just going to give you a contrast so you can understand exactly what I mean here. So an example of an insecure goal is your 25% body fat and you set a goal that you want to get down to 12% body fat. Now, if you look at traditional goal setting, everyone will tell you that you can do that. Everyone will say, yeah, set a goal 10 times higher than what you think you can do and you can achieve it and you can light up the world and you can do all of these wonderful things. Great. Uh, Because actually, what's wrong with you at the moment? You know, where you currently are, what is wrong with you? Okay. You feel uncomfortable about the current weight that you are. Fine. Why do you suddenly need to get down to 10, 12% body fat to feel better about yourself? What is it about that amount? I'll tell you what it is about that amount. It's an insecure amount. You're looking for too big a shift. And what happens is when you adopt this mentality to your goals and your life, you are consistently on a daily basis telling yourself that you are not good enough. You are saying, I'm not good enough all the time. I'm this big. I need to get there. I understand that that can be a big motivator for a lot of people. But in my experience, motivation does not last. Motivation is very, very short lived and you'll need some every single day. So a lot of people listen to a lot of motivational stuff every day. In my experience, again, it gets really boring and you end up running out of energy because it's just that quick adrenaline shift that's going to keep you going and keep you motivated. And it's just, in my, well, I just think it's nonsense, to be perfectly honest with you. Now I'm going to give you the, the contrast to a content goal. And I'm just going to talk about the, the, the texture and quality of your life in comparison to an insecure goal. So a content goal would be, I'm 25% body fat. I want to get down to 24 or I want to get down to 23. And for anyone listening may think, oh, well, that's not enough. You know, that's just such a small goal. It's it's so easy. Okay, then go and do it. Go and do it. If it's that easy, go and do it. Because you've got yourself into a situation currently where you're at 25% and getting to 24 or 23. Yeah, that'll be really easy. Fine. Go and do it. Go and prove it to yourself. Go and prove it to me that you can do it. Because in my experience, that 1% or that 2%, we can make this a um, a way of looking at your whole life is going to be way more difficult than what you can imagine because stuff is just going to happen. There'll be a friend's birthday party, there'll be a barbecue, there'll be a holiday, there'll be a night out, there'll be all of these things that get in the way of you getting that 1% change in your body shape, your body fat, and also in your life. Now, when you set a contentment goal, that 1% doesn't seem like much. In your mind, you'll be like, yeah, I can do that. When you start to do it, what will happen is you'll realize it's more difficult. But the thing is, here's the kicker. You'll realize it's more difficult, but it's it seems like it's easy. So you're like, okay, this is just 1%. 
I can do this. This is way more difficult than what I thought, but I can do it. And what happens is you start to train your mind and your body to overcome the adversities attached with changing your life. And you do it in really, really small phases. And every time you overcome an adversity or a challenge, what happens? You feel good about yourself. You feel like, oh, okay, great. I, you know, I didn't go on that night out. I didn't do this. I wanted to lose the 1%. I'm here. Great. Whereas if you had an insecure goal, which is 12%, what do you think happens when you fall off the wagon? You go to yourself, oh my God, that's so unrealistic. I'm never going to be able to do it. Or you strive and stress and get anxious and you get worried and you're like, oh my God, this is so hard. It's the wrong way of going about it. And what happens is once you've lost that 1% or once you've made that 1% change or shift in your life, I mean, I'm relating it to, to your body. It can be anything. When you achieve that 1%, you then say to yourself, I can do this. I have lost 1%. Great. The next step is, how do I go for 2%? You know, I've done one. I've got the confidence. I've got the referen- referential experiences. I can look back and say, I've done this. And here's what we do next. We don't then set, oh, I've done 1%, I can do 20, which is, again, what a lot of people do in their life. This is where traditional goal setting has failed me. And this is where I feel like contentment goal setting is really the way to change your life. And what you do when you've lost your 1%, because it's more difficult, I guarantee you, as you listen to this, more difficult than what you think it's going to be. Just accept it. Accept it now. That 1% seems easy. It's going to be more difficult than what you think. Accept it. Expect challenges, expect things to happen because they do. But when you've achieved it, when you've done that 1%, here's what you do next. You don't look forward. You look back. And you look back. You can even do it like visually now. And you say to yourself, what worked? What worked? What allowed me to lose that 1%? And I don't mean listen to all of these gurus that are telling you all of these different things about all these different diatypes, right? Nonsense. I'm talking about what worked for you, not anyone else, not your mates down the pub, not your mates at the gym. What worked for you? When you answer that question, you cut through all of the nonsense. Well, for me, What worked was having dinner at six o'clock or doing this so I didn't go to the pub that night. Great. Write it down. What worked? Once you've done that, you are instantly creating a blueprint for your future because you take what worked and the next question is, how do I build on this? How do I make this slightly better? And what happens is you start to look behind you and it's a you know, you have data, you have all the facts, you've got all the information. Let's look at this. That worked great. How do I add a little bit more to it? That is how you then take the next step in your life to lose that next 1% and the next 2%. And again, let's just be clear. You are going to run into challenges. But unless you look back and you check the data and see how you overcome the first ones, you have got no chance in achieving the next ones. We have to be smart about this. We have to look at what's worked and we have to build towards our future. And the reason why I did this episode is because I've recently sat down five years um, after I 
initially sat down and, and wrote the wrote specific goals. I sat down in the same chair. And I was thinking, when was I last here? And I got out my old goals from five years ago. I'd realized that I'd achieved them all, which was, <laughs> was quite interesting. But what was interesting was that with the new, my new view on goal setting, I could have done it in two years, maybe even 18 months. Um, but when I set my, my goals too high and I didn't look behind me at what, what had historically worked, I believed in the indoctrination and uh, the nonsense that other people earn revenue from, from telling you their way of doing it. Um, I went on a journey and obviously that journey is the, the part of life. You know, that's why we're all here. You have to go on your own journey. You don't always have the answers. But if I look back on it now, I could have saved myself 18 months. And it's very simple. You just look back <laughs> instead of looking forward. Uh, and it's just such a wonderful tool to just build confidence and just feel good about yourself. So once again, I, I love um, doing my podcast. I, I do this podcast for me. I don't do it um, for any monetary reasons. I do it because I love self-expressing uh, by my voice only. I think it's such a great platform to just get out to people. Uh, so if you'd like to give something back, then please just go to my YouTube channel and um, make a comment. Tell me how you're getting on with this strategy. It's the best I've got at this time and I'm open, as I say, to learning even better ways of doing it. So if you'd like to add to the texture and quality of other people's lives, then please help out and make a comment and I will catch you next time.